What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Throne of Bricks podcast, episode 16. As usual, I'm Jake. He's Jared. Hey, did you know the oldest your mom joke was discovered on a 3,500-year-old Babylonian tablet? Your mother f as if with the whole town it. <laughs> I think you're doing Shakespeare. <laughs> this was in Iraq. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, well. World I didn't Babylonia. study history, so. All right, everybody. We got to hear the translation. <laughs> it's really bad. Okay, go ahead. Let's hear it. <laughs> Apparently, they, they don't have the tablet anymore. They lost the original tablet, but they have images, and so they translated the images. There's a bunch of jokes on there. I guess it was like, I don't know, some Babylonian student, but <laughs> the one reads... Of your mother is by the one who has intercourse with her. What slash who is it? <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Sounds like it's right from Def Jam. All right. Oh, no. So enough about your mom jokes. Let's talk about some basketball. <laughs> we had another huge slate of games here. So uh, without further ado, let's get our housekeeping out of the way and get to it. Yeah. Um, as always, if you want to reach out to us, you can do so via email at throwingupbricksjj at gmail.com. One more time, that's throwingupbricksjj at gmail.com. It's the pod name of the JJ at the end. No caps, no spaces, no periods, no ampersands, no other symbols, no fun. Uh, Okay, yeah. And you know the drill. You can find us on Podbean, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much anywhere they have podcasts, we'll be there. Pretty much anywhere. Get a boo from Jake and uh, let's do it from me, I guess. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, uh, wow. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, it's been, well, two days, but basically three days in terms of basketball because we didn't talk about Sunday's games last pod. And um, uh, wow. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, a few sweeps happened. A few good, good, amazing series happened. <clears throat> Luca, um, what do you say we start with Luca? I mean, we might as well, right? Yeah, that's that's the most impactful thing. That's what wow. everybody's talking about. I, 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 and I don't even know where to start. I mean, we're the dude's amazing. It's ridiculous. This is this is the arrival we were talking about before. You know, this is this could be legacy defining what he did in Game Four. It's. It's pretty spectacular that a guy that young at 21 years of age has already made such a huge impact on the league and his team in a playoff series. Um, you rarely see that uh, from guys. You know, you guys, guys like Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, MJ, LeBron, some guys, not even LeBron. He didn't make the playoff his first two years, right? So there's very few guys that are able to come in, adjust that quickly, and just ball out in their first playoff series. Uh, you hear the announcers talk about it all the time. He's been playing competitive professional basketball since he was like 13. So yeah, there's no moment he's not prepared for. 100%. And um, for, for context, if anybody's not seen this, which if you haven't, I highly recommend you go back and watch this game, game four of that series. The Mavs pulled it out 135 to 133 in overtime over the Clippers. Um, and they had this was out without Porzingis. He was a scratch uh, in warmups to the game uh, from a knee injury uh, spoilers. He was also scratched today during whatever that was. That was not a basketball game, but, but in game four, let's stick with game four, the happy part. Um, Luca was insane, dude. I mean, 
the guy puts up video game numbers all the time, but this was extraordinary. 43 points, 17 rebounds, 13 assists, made the game winning shot, a step back three. And, and it was a true game winner. You know, it's not like those ones where the game's tied. And if you miss, you just go to overtime, right? They were down a point. He doesn't make this, they lose right there. And then, and he just drills it. I mean, not only does he drill that one, but he drilled the two almost exact same shots previously in the end of the fourth quarter and overtime. I mean, he's, I've never seen a shot like that. You have Harden step back, which is, is different in ways, but the amount of space he creates and how deep he shoots it every time it's, it's incredible. It's insane. You're right. And yeah, like you mentioned, Luca was crazy down the stretch in this one. It wasn't just that game winner, although that is what everybody wants to talk about. Right. But it was everything. I mean, down the stretch of overtime and the fourth quarter, he was on fire. Um, and he, he got big help in this game. You know, he, he wasn't alone for sure. Um, he never, he, he's getting big contributions from all these bit players. I mean, whether it's Tim Hardaway being awesome or it's Trey Burke coming out of nowhere. I mean, he was on the pace, uh, sorry, the Sixers at some point this year. Right. Mm-hmm. And they let him go. Um, and he's been showing up huge. I mean, he went for 25 points and he had like a pivotal stretch in that fourth quarter where he was just lighting dudes up. It, it was insane. If those three guys, Hardaway, uh, Burke and Curry are like the poor man's version of Chris Paul, Schroeder and Shea Gilgis. Yeah. Yeah. This studly three, three headed monster in the backcourt that you can yeah. just unleash on teams. Yeah. At least from an offense perspective, man, they are, they are cooking right now. Um, and then with Doncic leading the way and like, I actually want to give a shout out to Cleaver because I feel like he's been really cold this series, right? No doubt. He's, he's really struggled to find a shot. Um, but he's had to step into a huge role with Porzingis going down, basically, you know, being thrown out in game one and then going down in this in game four with a knee injury and not playing at all. Um, he's had to step into a big, big minutes role uh, that he probably wasn't prepared for going into the series. And he's doing the dirty work. He's mm-hmm. playing defense. He's the rim protector, you know, basically for them. And the dude's only like six, nine. So like, I don't know. He he's stepped up hugely. I know he's not hitting a shot and I really hope he starts hitting it. And he, he hit a little bit more in game five here. Or I don't even know if you can call that a game, but whatever we just watched the fifth iteration of, um, he hit a little bit more there, but he's been great, uh, defensively impacting the, in the game in other ways than making a shot. So shout out to my man doing the dirty work down there. I mean, minus this game tonight, game five, uh, they have looked remarkably poised and and prepared for the moment for a group of guys. A lot of them have playoff experience, some of them, but most of those guys have never played in a playoff game before or not of this caliber. So, um, yeah, definitely it, not of this caliber. Yeah, it kind of shows you what kind of a, a a a leader by example that Luca is that he instills so much confidence in them that they're able to to, to play at that high level. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you right there, and um. In game four, playoff piece showed his true colors again. Um, oh, yeah. He's been prior so- to game five. He was shooting 27% in the series from the field. He's 27%. Less than 20 points a game in the playoffs per his career. Yep. So yeah, playoff P is not real. It's it's not. You don't need to check under your bed. You don't need to go see your therapist. It does not exist. And, <laughs> and minus game five, which was horribly rigged by the rest, which we'll get to. He won't be a factor. One more thing about Luca. I think I've said this before, but it feels like to me, he's the reincarnation of Pete Maravich. He's like Pete yeah, Maravich 2.0. Yeah. 
I don't disagree with you, man. You said this before and, and the flair for the dramatic, especially is what gets me right. Like being unafraid of the moment, seeing everything, just kind of being a step ahead offensively of everybody out there. Mm-hmm. It's very, yeah, it's very pistol Pete esque and the size um, too. They're both really the big size. guards. Yeah. 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 No, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. It is. He doesn't play quite the run and gun game that pistol Pete was famous for, but but his his offensive toolkit in the half yeah. court is, is yes spot on. Um, yeah. Anyways, there was a game five technically that happened today. It was garbage. Um, I've cooled down a bit. I was talking. I was yelling before the pod. <laughs> I was yelling at my TV. My roommate was probably scared to death because I was yelling expletives at the ref left, left the, all the rest left and right. Excuse me. Um, I'm still heated from it. Apparently, I can't talk right, but. Yeah, I mean, it basically to to me just boils down to the refs rigging it almost. I know, okay, so I know games don't actually get rigged in the NBA, or at least we never acknowledge that games get rigged in the NBA. Not I anymore. know some Kings fans would never, you know, admit that much. They they're still up in their feelings about some certain early two thousand series, but mm-hmm. um, as a whole, us as basketball people, as NBA fans, don't acknowledge rigging of games. However. This felt very much like a rigging of a game. <laughs> All that said, I mean, the rest came out in this one and we're like, you know what? I, what I think be cool. The NBA wants the Clippers in the conference finals against the Lakers. So maybe we'll just come out here and, and uh, call like 18 fouls in the first quarter. How, how about that? And then we'll give them all to the Mavericks, you know, then we'll, we'll send the Clippers on a perpetual march to the free throw line. And we'll, we'll put them up 20 so that there's no way they lose this game. Let's do that. And then later in the game, uh, let's throw out people and give a bunch of technicals all over the place. Let's take over the game. This will be our game, the game for the refs. Um, and I think that is the moral of the story. If you want to, you know, if what you're interested in is watching a bunch of old guys referee a basketball game and make the onus all about them, then this was the game for you. It's It's been happening a lot this playoffs. Um, it's It's tough to watch a game when the refs are – the biggest factor it feels like they're controlling the game it's happened with the miami game i believe uh game three when they shot 50 free throws um the lakers it happened uh game two um it's just it's not fun to watch it's It's regardless of if they're the right calls you need to set a tone for the game and follow that tone you can't just be wishy-washy and call whatever foul you feel like you got to be a professional ref and set the guidelines so that players can adhere to them. And you're right. This happens from time to time. Refs just get up in their feelings essentially, or they get sucked in by the pride battle or, or I don't really know what it is. Like it's some sort of human just knee jerk reaction that happens in them. Um, but basically they, they turn the game into all about them, you know? And in this one, it was calling something every 10 seconds uh, in during the first half. And then the second half, Send it, you know, teeing up everybody that looked at them funny, um, and then throwing Carlisle out of the game for yeah. making the right, you know, decision and calling them out on their bullcrap. So, yeah, it was a garbage game, and it's it's really too bad because this was shaping us to be a great series. And then, I don't know, I don't know if they were directed to by the NBA if we're really feeding into this fixed mindset, this conspiracy theory, but it looked like they were instructed to give one team all the calls and to make sure one team won this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean on top of that playoff p actually showed up 
Um, yeah, he was bound to. I mean, yeah. he's a good player in a vacuum. You know, as much as fun as we make of him, he's a legitimate all-star, was a, you know, the number one guy on his Pacer team for a while. Um, he's a good player. It's just, yeah, if you give a guy like that enough shots, he'll eventually show up, right? Um, yeah, and this game was kind of the amalgamation of our biggest fear playing the Lakers, playing the Clippers, is that when those two guys Kawhi and Paul are playing at that level and dropping 30 each. They look yeah. nigh unstoppable. Two six eight guys getting points at will. It's it might be the best one two offensive combination since Durant and Steph. It might be, although prior to this game, I would say that Kawhi was probably very frustrated oh, with yeah, his co star. No no frustrated doubt. with his choice in co star, I should yes. say. Um yes. looking around the league, seeing all the other stars doing their thing, and he's like, I'm stuck with this idiot who's just he can't take all the the Twitter hate. He can't take people calling him play, pandemic P. Like just ignore it, man, and play basketball. Um, and he did today to his credit. So maybe he needed to go LeBron S zero dark thirty in order to stop paying attention to all the haters. I guess. But let's move on from them. I'm so tired <sighs> about you. the Clippers. Um, yeah, let's not talk to them. The next most interesting, I would say, is all the sweeps. Yeah. Um, which is not to say that. And some of these weren't good series, you know, they didn't have good games, but, um, and they, they do have a lot of implications going forward, uh, both in the playoffs and also in the off season. So let's, let's hit on each of them quickly. If you don't mind, um, yeah. first one, the Celtics beat Philly, uh, to down them four Oh, in the series, uh, the last game they beat them 110 to one Oh six. Um, so get the brooms out. The Beantown boys have done it. They're moving on. And what did you have to say about this? I mean, my biggest takeaway was that Kemba looked better with each passing game. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, definitely. This was uh, uh, an ideal series for the Celtics. They got to play a talented opponent and and work on their kinks and everybody find their rhythm. And now they're going to head into the first real series of the playoffs for them. Yes. Tuned up, everybody playing at a high level. They look, They look to me like a legit contender. Um, they didn't look Especially that they, early on, but I think they're, 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 uh, you can't cut them out for the title this year. Yeah. I'm with you, especially given how poor Milwaukee has looked in spurts. Right. Um, and given, you know, the news about Kyle Lowry. So uh, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit, but him going down with that ankle injury and then we not really knowing how severe it is. That's, it's another wrench thrown in the plans because what, so now, seeing them perform with and without Hayward. Do you think he's is necessary for them to beat the Raptors? I don't think he's necessary if these guys are playing at this high level, but I think he's a plus. He's definitely not. They're not playing right. better because he's not there. He's yeah. He's another rangy guy to yeah. throw at, at like Siakam, for example. Right. Like, yes. But I think yeah. with Kemba back seemingly at full strength with the swagger back Tatum he's stepping into that superstar role and, and Brown as well. Uh, they look like they're hitting their peak um, with or without him. So hopefully he can be back if they make a deep run, but we'll see. I agree. I agree. And before we move on to the Raptors, uh, you know, segueing too much, I do want to touch on, on the fallout for the Sixers. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Brett Brown immediately fired after this, mm-hmm. basically. Um, I don't even know if they, they let the, you know, the tablets cool down. Jeez. Uh, it felt like they fired him right afterwards. I know it was the next day or two days after, but um, what, what do you think about that decision? Um, do you think, I mean, we talked about it a little bit in the, the past pod, 
we thought this was the end for Brett and it was probably time for them to move on. But do you think he got the raw deal here? Or do you think uh, no. it was time to move on? I think it's time. I'm usually on the side of the coaches and I'm frustrated at times with how quickly they are to be fired when the team doesn't yeah. work out. But the dude's been there seven he's years. Been there a long time. So I think it's, he's had yeah. his time and it's clear that his philosophies aren't working. The players all, you know, dumped all over him at, the, at their end of the year thing here. They all had negative things to say about him. So <laughs> I think it's definitely time to move on. I think that, they just need a new voice in that locker room. Yeah, I think exactly. I think they've just stopped. It's become stale regardless yeah. of whether he's a good coach or not. And I, um, and I heard something about the, um, I believe it was Elton brand said that he's not going to look to trade one of the two stars, but look to supplement them better, which I mm-hmm. think is the good move. Yes. I don't think they're ideal for each other, but if you can set up their team with shooters and guys that can play off that type of play, then you could make it work. I agree in a vacuum. However, looking at their scenario, I don't know how they do that. They have all their cap space for the next like three years locked up because of yeah. Tobias's contract and Richardson's contract and Horford's contract. It's like you, you can't do anything in order to get rid of those guys and free up space. You're going to have to give up assets because they performed horribly. Um, so I don't know how they do that without gutting their, their war chest uh, yeah. uh, picks and stuff. Yeah. Um, and if you do that, I mean, what kind of players are you going to get in return? Um, and then even more so they've, they haven't exactly shown an ability to get those kind of players. I mean, this is not news. Let's be honest. Like they knew they needed shooters and playmakers and people like that, that actually fit this team around and beat in Simmons. And what they thought was the solution to that was to get this team, this puke of a team that they put out there. They thought Tobias Harris would help. They thought Josh Richardson would be an upgrade over Jimmy Butler. They thought Al Horford would give them spacing from down low wrong over three. Yeah. So like I, yeah. I get that. Sure, you don't want to make a decision, um, but you've shown an inability to be able to fix this scenario that everybody already knew you needed to put shooters and ideal pieces around them. So why why is it just now an epiphany you're having? Um, so maybe they need to change the front office because Elton Brand's got what he's he's had two or three years already on the job, right? Um, and this is what he's done. You know, the the team has taken. They took a step forward uh, up to last year because, you know, let's give them credit for last year. They did take the eventual champions to a game seven. Um, but I don't know. I It feels like they need to do a bigger move than that, than just retooling around and beating Sims. And I know that's what will happen because that's what everybody, everybody gets a new coach in and they get a chance to try and fix it with their system or whatever. But I think you need to do one of two things, either change the front office before doing that or, or blow it up. I mean, strike while the iron's hot and Embiid and Simmons both have value and choose one of them and go with one of them. I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree to some extent. I just, I If you wait know. too long, you end up with a, a contract like Horford where last year he probably would have had value and that's why he got signed to this contract. But now, could you ever trade him without giving up a first or couple firsts in return? Probably not. Yeah. So like you've seen how fast these contracts can turn into albatrosses. So I think striking while the iron hot is is ideal for them but they're they're a team made for the 1990s not for the yeah, modern era they really are sorry i didn't mean to derail us the sixers talk but it always seems to happen <laughs> well hey we're done with them we never have to we're speak done with them. Again. we don't not this year at least i do think the offseason decisions are interesting but not if they just apparently run it back Ugh. um 
so the other series uh, are the Raptors versus the Nets and the Pacers versus the Heat. So to quickly hit on these, the Raptors beat the Nets in this last game, 150 to 122. Franchise playoff best, 150. Nice job. Lowry did go down with that ankle injury, though, that we mentioned. And um, I think the recent news is that it's it's just a sprain. It's not more severe than that. And he's day-to-day. Um, but how much does this impact this series against Boston? It's pretty huge. If he can't go even for one game, it's it's a big deal, but he's maybe not their best player right now, but he is their most important player. And proven. Um, and without him playing, they, I don't think they have a chance to beat the Celtics. Yeah, he's going to have to come back. I mean, we've seen what happens when your your star guard that you rely on goes down with an injury in the Westbrook sense, right? Yeah. Um, we, we'll talk about that later, but his, him's going down didn't seem like such an issue at the beginning, but as the game goes on, the series goes on, uh, the team learns more and more about you. You miss those guys more and more, you know, the, the engines yeah. of your team. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, as far as the Raptors net series goes, because I, I think we'll at some point in the future, we'll, well, I don't know, maybe we won't because the, <laughs> they moved up the game for the Celtics versus the Raptors. That, that series is going to start on Thursday, which is before our next pod. So, Maybe this is our opportunity to talk about that matchup. I think, I think Lowry going down is important, and I think he needs to come back as soon as possible for them to have a chance. But I think more than anything, Van Vliet's going to be a rough matchup for Boston. I think he's got he's got the keys here, and he's going to be huge in that series. Yeah, it's they're uh, without Lowry, they're going to live and die by him. I also yeah. need Pascal to step up. He's played well, but I need him to be dominant. He needs to bully the Celtics inside and out and, and put up numbers Um, just with the whole, I had the Raptors go into the finals and I'm kind of backtracking now just because as good as they've looked, they were playing the nets. And I think the Celtics are, have hit a new level in this playoff series, especially with Kemba back with Kemba back. They look like the team they looked like on paper at the beginning of the year. They really do. They look strong and unified and just, I don't know. They, they flow like it's almost like they don't, you know, all year we've been talking about their lack of a big man, but I don't even think that's really an issue, especially mm-hmm. in this current era of basketball. I mean, who are they going to face in the Raptors that they're going to be worried about? Marcus Saul looks like a shell of himself right now. He can't hit a shot to save his life. I mean, their best big man is, is he blocka, right? Um, but they match up decently well against him. I mean, he's a smaller big, you know, you can put Tice on him for a lot of minutes. You can put Canner against him. So like, it's not really going to hurt them in this Raptors series. Um, it might hurt them if they get to the bucks. We'll see, but um, definitely, you know, the lack of size won't hurt them in this matchup at least. So, yeah. And I, th- I think they match up extremely well together, those yeah. two teams. So hopefully Lowry's back because if he's healthy and everybody's at full strength, this is going to be a, a series for the ages. I'm with you. I'm with you. Cause that's their advantage. Freddie and, uh, and Lowry are going to be their advantage because you're right. Siakam's probably going to get the locks from three different guys on a nightly basis. I mean, Smart, Tatum, and Brown are all going to rotate onto him. So he's going to have a, a tough, tough series. So mm-hmm. it might be time for Freddie Big Shot to show up and Lowry to show up. Moving on uh, before we get too bogged down because we are running short on time. Pacers lost to the Heat. Uh, 87 to 99 and swept out of the playoffs. What do you got to say about that? I mean, is it just, they missed Sabonis too much? They had no chance. I mean, it's yes. Yes. They didn't have a chance without Sabonis, but 
the five in a row first round exits. Um, I don't know. I don't, this team is in a bad position. It's in a it's in limbo where they're good in the regular season and good enough to be a playoff contender, and they can't get it done in the playoffs for half a decade uh, with essentially a lot of the same players. So, yeah. Um, if they don't see improvement next year from their guys, from Oladipo, from from Brogdon, from Sabonis, if they don't take that next step and really become a threat. It might be time to start making some moves and look to look to change things up because they have all the assets on paper. They look great, but until they can actually produce it and make a playoff run, they're irrelevant. I'm with you, and we'll we'll need to talk in depth about the future of Oladipo and Indy on a future pod because that is very interesting. Um, but I, I want to ask: Have we just been underrating the Heat this whole time? I mean, they just swept the Pacers out. Like that's the highest, or the sorry, I guess the the highest seed to be swept out, right? They that four or five matchup. And that doesn't often happen in between two teams that people really were otherwise were saying were very close. Um, and they're predicting the series to go what six or seven games long. And so, yeah. Did we just underrate them? Maybe a little bit. I don't think we underrated their talent level, but I think we underrated their maturity and how yeah. well Jimmy Butler has turned them into a legit contender in terms of how they play day in and day out and their consistency. And my boy Drogic has been unbelievable. He's, he's, he's been superb. He's on a tear. Absolutely on a tear. Um, Yeah. Do you think they have a chance at the bucks? Do you think they really have a shot here to up in the bucks? I know the bucks have looked not amazing and Middleton has looked really bad (laughs) Uh, other than this fourth quarter that they just had, but do they still have a shot? Really? Are we really going to pick them? I'm not going to pick them. But I do think they have a shot. Um, okay. The Bucks should, at full strength and at full ability, crush them. Um, but the but I'm not counting the Heat out. The way they can play, the way they yeah. can get hot, the way Drogic is getting into the paint and collapsing the defense. Um, when with none coming back, who they're probably going to use. They haven't used him recently, but they they are going to play him against the Bucks to get into the paint oh, and, yeah. and draw the defense. I think they have as good a shot as any team to take down the Bucks. All right. I guess we'll we'll recap or preview that series later once the Bucks close out the magic, but yeah, it'll be interesting, man, cuz I'm with you. I think there's a lot going for them in that matchup. Uh they're not going to be easy by any means. All right, so you want to move on? Uh I know we got a news or noise segment planned. Is this is this time? Is it time? Hit it. You want to hit it? All right. Let's do it. Welcome to the Throwing Up Breaks Nightly News. Before the bubble began, <laughs> there were concerns about a lack of crowd and home court advantage because of these fanless games, possibly preventing momentum provided by the home crowd or the egging on of a star player during a hot shooting night. However, we've seen player after player from Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray to Damian Lillard and James the Beard Harden explode for next-level scoring performances. Is the crowd noise and interaction overrated? Or is this just an anomaly and a product of well-rested players and a new environment? Back to you, Jared. Yeah, this is a tough one, man. News or not. I'm going to say it's it's news. I mean, it's news that it hasn't affected it at all. I would have expected some effect, right? But we're getting, like you said, crazy superstar performances left and right. Um, So that, that in itself is news to me. I would have expected some effect or some lag, but it looks like standard, awesome playoff basketball right from the jump here. 
the the reason I would say nah, you know, it's not so much news to me is that I think we do overrate, you know, to, to, to take your wording, I think we do overrate the effect that a crowd has on a superstar. I think if a superstar gets hot, they're going to get hot regardless. I mean, we kind of touched on this in our pickup basketball. You can kind of feel it there, right? If you're going to get hot in a game, you're going to get hot. Like it's, it's predestined almost, right? <laughs> it's going to happen. Um, but yeah, it's going to happen if it's going to happen. And I think we, we kind of overrate the effect that crowds have on superstar players. Superstar players are just going to hoop regardless of whether anybody's there. So from that perspective, I think it's nah. Hmm. I, I would agree with that. That's a good point. What I was thinking is my theory is that why you're seeing an unprecedented amount of guys going off for you know, 40, 50 point performances in the playoffs, which is not normal. Playoff games are usually you know, capped it at a 30 point game would be a phenomenal performance for a player. I think the lack of crowd is actually helping them because there's less um, um, noise when the other team is making a run, there's less momentum shifting. You're not getting that. So when a player's in the zone like that, he's able to just lock in with no distraction and no, and no outside interference. And he's just able to focus on, on putting up a huge number night. So That's I think if, if anything, it's gone the opposite way and actually helped these huge performances. And by all accounts, you know, they say it's a shooter's gym down there in Orlando. So mm-hmm. other than the Lakers, everybody's shooting pretty well. So <laughs> I don't know what our problem is, but <laughs> yeah, that's good points too. Uh there's definitely something to be said for the lack of distraction, right? Because I mean, those video screens don't approximate real fans. They they showed one clip during the Mavs Clippers games today, and I was struck by just the difference because I obviously I'd gone back and watched some old games while we were on hiatus, right? But but just the stark contract of picture in picture on the screen. Like they were showing the Mavs game and they brought up a clip of the last time that a, a Maverick hit a game winning shot in the playoffs and it was Vince's shot. That you know, many years ago, back when he was on Mavericks, um, and they showed it, and it was a normal, it was a basketball game, it was a normal basketball game with fans and everything there, and it just looked so different to me. The product was just insane. It, it looked so crowded. The court looked so tiny because there were so many people there. It was like it looked like a different place altogether. But you know, the court's the same size; it's a regulation court. It just looked so. Now it looks so much cleaner to me, so it feels almost weird to say, but I, I almost, from a TV product perspective, I almost prefer like what we're doing now. Is that weird? Yeah, it's not weird. I do think I would prefer the normal fans just because the atmosphere it brings, but there is something refreshing about it. There, it's 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 cleaner, it's crisper. There's less noise uh, and visual noise, not not yeah know, actual yeah. noise noise. Um, and you know the camera seems a little closer to the action. He, uh, the player movement is a little more uh, profound and noticeable and, and the court looks bigger, like you said, that, and, and it emphasizes how big the players are. You can yeah. actually feel their weight and their size and their, and, and their power and all that stuff, especially if Le- Le- watching LeBron and AD, just seeing how dominant they are physically. Um, I don't know if I like it more, but I am thoroughly enjoying the bubble product. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely with you on that good points there um all right well we're running up on time here do you want to touch i do want to touch on the nuggets versus the jazz because this is yeah, turning into yeah. a series here we'll leave the other things for for, yeah. for next time yeah everything else is kind of secondary right now because we need to touch on this because yes, dono is having himself a series man and murray is trying his best to answer <laughs> i mean did you watch much of this last game i mean this was insane 
It was an I've watching both these guys. Donovan is blossoming into a superstar, and Jamal is blossoming into a star in his own right. Just yeah, how clutch they're being down the stretch. Jamal Murray hit four huge shots in a huge. row in the fourth quarter to close them out. He looked unconscious. He looked like Kobe Bryant. Yeah, the, these guys are just. They're unafraid of the moment, which is what strikes me, I guess. And maybe that speaks to your crowd thing. Maybe maybe it's a little easier to perform without a crowd booing you or harassing you after every missed shot. Like maybe they get a little more confidence from that. But these guys are going at each other like smooth operators, man. Like shot for shot, play for play. They're going back and forth. And this is an awesome battle to watch. Um, I, I'm I personally, I probably have been underrating Dono. Or maybe maybe the right way to say is I jumped off the Dono train a little too early. Um, because after he flamed out in the playoffs and he's had a few inefficient playoff series, I kind of got a little disillusioned with him and all the D Wade comps and all the stuff that you hear. Right. But the dude just, he's taking it to a new level here for sure. Yeah. It's this series has been the most exciting series in terms of it's like a roller coaster. At first it you is. thought the jazz had no shot and then they start kicking Denver's butt, and then you think it's over. It's going to be a sweep, and then Denver puts up a dub, and then now they're made. They made it a series. It's the momentum shifting is just incredible. And every game you've had somebody go off between Donovan and Jamal, and then you've had guys like Jokic and 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 Gobert playing consistently amazing every game. Yeah, it's it's been great. Surprisingly, um, one of the best series, which I didn't think going into it, man. I thought. And I'm a little sad that Denver is not up in this series because not, not because I don't like the jazz, but just because that's who I'd picked and I pegged them for like a, a team that would actually outperform what people thought. But man, the jazz came to fight, dude. They came to give it their all. They, they heard what everybody said and they're like, no, 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 no. We deserve that dark horse status. You know, we we deserve to be mentioned as a contender here because regardless of whether we're missing Bogdanovich, we're, we're going to put up a fight and, Man, Mitchell has put them on his back, and everybody's filling in where they can, and it's it's fun. It's a fun series. I am definitely seeing shades of Dwayne Wade. Yeah, um, a young Dwayne Wade. That's I think that's a very very good cop. Just the takeover potential, man. He, he he's just so deceivingly athletic, right? Where like his first step doesn't seem that fast, and then his second step is insane, right? Like. He just blows past you on that second step, and all of a sudden he's elevating at the rim, and you're like, "Whoa, what? Where did that happen?" And deceptively strong as well. Yeah, very strong. And he's not a super tall dude. He's only like six one, six two. Like he's not huge. Uh, yeah, six three maybe. Yeah. So, yeah, this is so fun to watch. Yeah, oh, it's a good series. So it's good we got a few good series here left in the bag. Um. We didn't get to them, but we've also got the the Lakers playing the Blazers still. The Lakers put on another victory. Um, so now they're up 3-1 in the series. And Dame got hurt, though. He's not going to play this next game. He's already ruled out for game five. So if the Lakers take advantage of that, it might be game set series there. Um, the Thunder and the Rockets are in a battle, locked in, locked in battle here to the very bitter end. Um they're going into game five, series tied 2-2 after the Thunder pulled out game four. Um, so that's going to be great to watch for. Um, but we'll talk about them more later because we got time. And then, yeah, then the Bucks will probably close out the Magic in this next one. So that's where we've left off here in the NBA. 
Um, yeah, I think we've covered every everything we sh- we could. Yeah, covered pretty much everything we could. Um, I was <laughs> we were going to go long there for a second because we got bogged down in the in the details, but it's it's basketball, man. It's fun to watch. Um, I, I do want to take a moment, if you don't mind, to to say that although we do enjoy talking about basketball and and talking about having it back in our lives, <coughs> excuse me, um, having it back in our lives, talking about these games, watching these amazing performances, it its importance pales in comparison to to what's happening in the world at large. Um, the way that this country still has inherent discrimination within all aspects of life. It's police forcing. Um, it's the way we treated people in everyday life. Um, the legislation at the top, you know, the political machinations that are going on behind the scenes. We, we need to affect change because this is unacceptable. What keeps happening? People keep getting, this isn't a political podcast and it's not, uh, we're not supposed to delve, delve into that stuff, but I just want everybody to know that we know that this is not important in the grand scheme of things. You know, we, we know that people's lives come first and we need to place the onus on that. And I, I do want to highlight that at least in a, a small way, even if yeah. no one's listening. Um, yeah. Especially for people like us who aren't directly affected by discrimination and things like that, it might be easy to, to not notice how widespread and how ingrained it is. Um, but, like you said, it's important to to make that a priority and keep everything else in perspective of what's actually important. So I think you, you put it pretty well. Well said. Yeah. So if you're watching this happening, I hope that I hope that is disgusting you too, regardless of what race nationality you are. Th- this can't happen anymore. These are our fellow humans. These are our fellow human beings that are being treated like this, being killed like this. So if you can, do what you can speak out, do research, learn up, try and donate to a, a cause, you know, that's, that's doing, that's doing the good fight. You know, that's actually down there boots on the ground, trying to change things, vote, get out there and vote because we need to get people in power that we trust will do the right thing. And will will hopefully care about people's lives a little bit more than we have in the past. We need to move forward. We need to get better. So don't want to get political, but I think we need to acknowledge that there are big problems in this country and they need to be addressed. Well said. Okay. So sorry, sorry to end on that note, but I, I do, I do think it's important that we at least mention it and, and keep it in our minds always, you know, never, never give up yep. on that. So thanks for hanging with us though. We will be back on Thursday. We'll probably talk uh, that first kickoff game for the Celtics and the Raptors. If it happens, stay tuned on that. Um, and yeah, we'll recap the rest of these series as they close out. So anything else, Jake, get a boo. All right. Get a boo from Jake and thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging with us. Peace. <laughs>